Ruth chapter 4. We're going to be in verses 11 and 12. Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was struggling greatly with, with the task before him, uh, praying with great sweat drops of blood. Father, if it be possible, let this cup, this cup of wrath, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. And, and so Jesus surrendered himself. He honored God and surrendered himself to his purpose. And because... Jesus honored God, God honored him. Beyond the cross was a resurrection day, an ascension, and an exaltation to the right hand of God the Father, where Jesus is now, reigning at the Father's right hand, uh, receiving the worship of the angels. Uh, And the Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is our supreme example of what it means to honor God. Uh, I believe we need to honor him because he's promised us if we honor him, he will honor us. In this uh, story, you have several people who are honoring God by giving of themselves and by being selfless in what they do. Uh, You have Naomi who sends Ruth uh, to the threshing floor. Uh, That's in in the last chapter. Sends Ruth to the threshing floor and says, uh, uh, I want to provide for you. I want you to find security in the home of a husband. But she doesn't ask Ruth to to have Boaz be the kinsman redeemer because Boaz is not actually a brother of her husband. By law, he didn't have to do that. And, uh, And Naomi's not seeking for herself. She's laying that down, thinking, okay, uh, I'm going to su- supply for Ruth. Well, then Ruth lays herself down, um, literally. <laughs> and then uh, also, uh, figuratively, because she asked Boaz to be the kinsman redeemer. Uh, she asked him to get the land as well. And so, um, not only to marry her, but to get the land. And so, uh, she is laying herself out there. Uh, She could have been rejected a a dozen different ways, uh, but she lays herself out. She lays herself down for the sake of her mother-in-law, Naomi. And then you find Boaz laying himself down for the sake of Ruth and Naomi. Sounds very scriptural, you know. (laughs) Uh, Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And each one of these people is being selfless. And so Boaz says, if this near kinsman won't redeem it, I will redeem it and I will uh, be your kinsman redeemer, despite the cost that it would take. Uh, Isn't that a wonderful picture of Jesus in how he lays himself down for us? And so uh, at this point in the story, uh, Boaz has gone to the city gate and he he has negotiated and and has gotten witnesses to witness what he's doing, and he's, he's went ahead and he's purchased the land, and uh, it's official. He's going to take Ruth to be his wife. And uh, in response to what has taken place, uh, the people there are, are just uh, inspired by what 
uh, Boaz is doing, what Ruth has done, what Naomi has done, and they are uh, giving a blessing to Ruth, uh, to Boaz, and to the family. Uh, and so, and a blessing in that sense was actually like a, a kind of like a prophetic announcement of what was going to take place in their life. Uh, you may remember that uh, Ab- uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob they would bless their sons. You remember Joseph blessed his sons and so forth. And uh, and then you find um, the blessing to each of the tribes of Israel. Uh, in in the latter parts of the books of Genesis, and so uh, the book of Genesis, and so um, this is something that was common in in the Old Testament days, and it was a pronouncement that was more than just saying we hope these good things happen to you. It was a declaration led led for them. God was leading them to speak uh, on behalf of Him to state what was going to take place in their lives, and so it's a very powerful thing, a very moving thing, and you see. In these declarations from God, that God is honoring those who, in laying themselves down for others, were honoring him. You remember what Jesus told Peter? He said, uh, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. In other words, in what you're doing for them, you're doing for me. Jesus said, inasmuch as you've done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. And so, they have honored God through their selfless sacrifice for others. And now God is honoring them. Isn't it a wonderful thing to know that we serve that kind of God who honors us when we honor him? And uh, one of these days we're going to receive a reward in heaven. Won't that be wonderful uh, to receive that honor and then be able then again to turn that back around and throw those crowns at the feet of Jesus. So we need to honor God in our lives. And... um, uh, the title of my message is The Blessings of Honoring God. Look with me at verse 11, which picks up where they, uh, the, the elders are declaring that they're witnesses to what Boaz has done. Uh, look what he says. The elders and all the people who were at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is entering your house, that is Ruth, like Rachel and Leah, who together built the house of Israel. May you be powerful in Ephrathah. And famous in Bethlehem. May your house become like the house of Perez, the son of Tamar, Tamar, bore to Judah, because of the offspring or seed that the Lord will give you by this young woman. And so in these two verses, you have these blessings that are being offered. The first one is a blessing for Ruth uh, that may God bless you and make you like Rachel and Leah. Rachel and Leah were fruitful, weren't they? Uh, and so that's the first way that God honors us when we honor him. God gives fruitfulness. Um, Rachel and Leah and uh, their, their handmaidens, between them all, bore 12 children that became the 12 tribes of Israel. And so they're saying they're making a blessing of fruitfulness. Now, remember, Ruth never had had a child with Milan. So... Uh, there's a question, can she even have children? And even as she went to Boaz and was warning him to be a kinsman redeemer, she's opening herself up to the frustration and, and disillusionment of again not being able to have a child. But here you have this blessing from God, and, and it is declared, may you be like Rachel and Leah, 
who were fruitful before the Lord, who built up the house of Jacob, the house of Israel. And so, uh, indeed, that's exactly what God does. He makes her fruitful, and she gives birth to a son. And uh, he ultimately uh, continues on until David and Solomon and ultimately until Jesus Christ. And so, uh, what an amazing fulfillment and blessing uh, that God brought to, to her life because of her selfless honoring of God and others in her life. So, um, God will make us fruitful as we honor Him. We talked a little bit this morning about uh, Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you, and you'll bear much fruit. As we honor God by drawing close to Him and learning to walk with Him and learning to be obedient to Him and to trust Him in our lives, there'll be a fruitfulness that comes about in our lives. And it'll involve the, the character change that takes place, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But it will also, I believe, involve a fruitfulness in our lives as far as, as making an impact for Jesus uh, that will have an influence on others. And, and God will make us fruitful in our service for Him and, and effective in what we're doing for Him. And so it's a blessing of honoring God. Um, isn't it a, a satisfying thing to see people uh, who do something really great and to see them get rewarded for it? I, I tell you what, it's, there's something just feels good about that. Uh, God even takes the things that we do in the background that seem like small things or maybe even unimportant things, and as we honor Him in our obedience and service, He honors us. And he brings a fruitfulness to our lives and, and, and a blessing to our lives. Um, so, honor him. Uh, what it, but what does it mean to honor God? Uh, to honor someone is to treat them with great respect and value. Uh, when you honor your father and mother, what are you doing? You're, you're treating them with respect. You're, you're treating them as valuable and important. A lot of people in this world uh, don't treat people with respect who, who, who've gotten a few years. Uh, but we're told to honor our father and mother. Well, that's good practice. Honoring your father and mother is good practice for honoring God. Uh, as you show values, you, uh, you honor your parents when you take care of them. You honor your parents when you do things for them. Uh, you honor your parents when you uh, maybe, maybe help them out financially or you uh, take them to do something special. All of those things would involve honoring. It would be doing something that makes that person uh, sense that they are valued to you. Uh, honoring can be a, a kind word or a word of appreciation. Um, there's many ways, but, but the Hebrew word, the, the idea was to treat somebody as though they were weighty and important. Um, and so as you, as you honor God, you are giving Him the, the great respect and and awe and honor that, that, that he deserves, uh, you are doing things for him. That's, that's one way to honor him. Doing things for others, one way to honor him. Praise is a great way to honor him. Worshiping him in song or worshiping him in your prayer time, great way to honor God. Obedience is a great way to honor God. And so in all of these things, as we honor God, he honors us. Um, it's amazing. You know, 
uh, roll back the tape uh, several, several decades and, and you find that uh, in an earlier time when we hadn't drifted as far from God, guess what? God was honoring us as a nation uh, and our families were more stable and our homes were, were better and, and our children were being raised with values and, and, and all these different areas of our culture were different. Why? We were honoring God and God was honoring us. And now as a country, we begin to drift away and we begin to put God on the shelf. We said we don't want him in our, our public life. And we see our country drifting down a path of dishonoring God. And as a result, we're seeing our society come apart. Uh, so honoring God, we as Christians, isn't it great to know that we can honor God even if the country isn't honoring God? <laughs> Uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had some practice in that. They honored God, and everybody else wasn't honoring God. But God still rewarded them. So, uh, God gives fruitfulness. That's one of the blessings of honoring God. Secondly, God gives strength. Um, he says, may you be powerful in Ephratah. That word, is, the Hebrew word is, uh, it's hail, and it, it means to be it can, it can describe wealth, it can, be, can describe military might, but it can describe power, it can describe strength. It's a word that uh, is, has a lot of different usages, but, uh, but the basic idea here, I think, for an individual is God provides strength. He says, may you be powerful, may you be strong. Um, isn't it great to know that when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And he becomes our strength. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Uh, there's nothing you can face in your life that God is not able to supply the strength to face. And when you come to him with your weakness, and you come to him with your, with your frustration, or you come to him with your failure... And you say, Lord, here I am, I'm struggling, I'm overwhelmed, I'm weak, uh, but, but Lord, I'm coming to you, I'm, I'm coming to you, I'm depending on you, and, and I am looking to you to be the source of my strength. And, and God says, I delight to use weakness. And as Paul said, my power is perfected in weakness. And when Paul says, I delight in my weakness, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Because as he went to God for strength, he found that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Ruth could say that, couldn't she? Naomi could say that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. As they came with empty, they came without a whole lot of prospects, they were... They were empty, they were living just subsistence from hand to mouth, and, and just basic, the very most basic needs of their lives. They found that as they came toward God, as they left the fields of Moab and came back to the place they were supposed to be, and began to seek God, and Ruth said, your God will be my God, they found that God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And so God gave them that strength that they needed to face the challenges that were before them. As you honor God, He will honor you. There have been times that, uh, that I have felt 
I, I don't have a whole lot of strength. I think God, God, is, uh, God delights in that because as we uh, feel our own weakness and we come to him for strength, he's able to show himself great through us. So God gave them strength. And, and, and you know, as they, as they began their marriage, isn't that a great place to begin your marriage with honoring God? You know, um, people begin their marriages in all kinds of different ways. But what, is, what a great blessing when, when both the prospective husband and the prospective wife are saying, look, we want to do things God's way. We're willing to count the cost. We're willing to lay ourselves down on behalf of others and lay ourselves down on behalf of each other. And we're willing to honor God in the way that we treat others, in the way that we live our lives. And guess what? There's a lot of bright prospects for a marriage that begins like that. And, and, and they were blessed by God. And God blessed their marriage. And God blessed their family. And he brought joy into the midst of that family life. And a beautiful picture of God's grace. So uh, honor God. Uh, draw near to him in those times of difficulty. And rather than trying to rely on yourself and your own resources, honor God by saying, Lord, I need you. I, I want you to be involved in my life. I'm drawing near to you in regular time with you so that I can find your strength. And he will give you his strength. So God gives fruitfulness to build up the house of Israel, right? God gives strength. He made them powerful. Thirdly, God gives reputation. He says in verse 11, May you be powerful in Ephratah and famous in Bethlehem. Literally, it says, may they call a name in Bethlehem. Kind of an interesting phrase. Uh, have you ever had somebody, you know, something happens, maybe somebody has a great accomplishment, and uh, you hear people talking about them. Well, hey, have you heard what so-and-so did, you know? Hey, what about that touchdown in the game, you know, or whatever it is, you know. And people are talking about it. They're, they're calling out that person's name, and they're discussing what's happened. And, and what they're saying is, may God so bless your life, and the hand of God be so great upon your life, that when people see your life, they start talking about it, what God has done through you. Um, a reputation is from God. When, when you have a good name, when you have a good reputation, that comes as a gift of God's grace. Um, Joseph had a good reputation, right? He was a, the favorite son. And then he got sold into slavery. And it kind of dampens the, relation, the uh, reputation a little bit, doesn't it? And then he got falsely accused of trying to have a, a relationship with his master's wife. Wasn't true. He actually honored God. And he said, no, I'm not going to do this. And he fled. But all the same, he was falsely accused. He was sent to the prison and remained in the prison. But can I tell you something? Our reputation is ultimately in the hands of God. By the way, that applies today. It doesn't matter what the culture thinks about what you and I believe. Our reputation's in the hand of God. But one day, Pharaoh hears about this man who can interpret dreams. And what happens? From the prison and the pit, he is now promoted 
to the second highest ruler in all the land of Egypt. Our reputation is in God's hands. He can turn it on a dime when he wants to. And uh, what a wonderful thing to know. Uh, there, you may be despised for your commitment to Christ, but can I tell you something? Your reputation is in God's hands. Reputation comes from God. And as we, uh, as we speak the truth in love, God will take care of our reputation. Uh, may they call out a name in Bethlehem. You know, our, our society is desperate for some heroes. Who are our heroes in America today? You've got people like rock stars, football players that are on cocaine. Uh, these are the types of people that are the heroes of our young people today. I tell you what, I think it'd be great if God would so use us as individuals that we would make a, uh, such an impression upon those in our families, those uh, who are friends and in, in, in our community, that they would say, you know what, so-and-so is my hero. And yeah, I remember uh, uh, hearing a story about a little girl uh, who said, uh, my daddy is my hero. <laughs> and, you know, the good things that her daddy had done for her. But, you know, as people see the love of Jesus in us, as people see us loving them unconditionally, as God has loved us unconditionally, can I tell you something? That, that makes an impact. And there ought to be a reputation. Oftentimes what gets pressed is the bad stuff in, in, in the Christian church, right? But what overcomes that? That's when, when God's people are filled with the Spirit of God. And I, I love that story where, where uh, Jesus' enemies are sent to, to come and uh, the, the temple uh, guards are sent to come and arrest Jesus. And when they get there, they're so spellbound. We've never heard a man talk like this. And they go back talking about how great Jesus is. Uh, it turned completely around. Why? Because Jesus, there was something magnetic about who he was and what he said and what he did. He was filled with the Spirit of God. And it was all over him. What happens is we are filled with the Spirit of God. There's a certain mark of God's hand upon our life. And people will talk about it. You know, one of the neat things for me to hear, sometimes when I do a funeral, I learn things about people in, in my church that I didn't know. And I hear grandchildren talk about what granddad did and how granddad taught them about Jesus or how, how uh, this individual taught their Sunday school class and what they did and how they impacted their life. And I say, praise God, there are still some heroes left who will do the right thing for God and make a difference for Him. They're calling out a name. Their name may never end up on CNN, but I'm going to tell you something. They're a hero because they've made a difference for Christ. And uh, he said, may, your, may they call out a name in Bethlehem. Well, ultimately, they call out a name in Bethlehem, don't they? Uh, his name is Jesus Christ. We're still calling it out today. Um, so... Honor God. God will take care of your reputation. So God gives fruitfulness. God gives strength. God gives reputation. And finally, God gives promises. Look at verse 12. May your house become like the house of Perez, 
the son Tamar bore to Judah. Uh, Tamar was another foreigner, right? You remember the sordid story in Genesis we uh, talked about some time ago? And uh, Tamar is married to Judah's sons. Two of Judah's sons die. Uh, Onan was wicked, so God put him to death. And then the, the next brother didn't fulfill his responsibility. Well, ultimately, Tamar tricks Judah into having a child. So out of this ugly situation comes this child named Perez, who ends up being uh, a godly influence and a strong man. And uh, so they said, may your house become like the house of Perez. He breaks forth is what that means. And then he says, because of the offspring or seed the Lord will give you. May your house, that is your family line, become like that of Perez. Because of the seed the Lord will send. There is a promise in Genesis 3.15 that God made to, the, to, to Eve. He said, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. What's happened here in the garden with this this horrible situation where you've sinned and you've lost the garden and you've lost fellowship with me and and things are are never the same. He says, I'm going to send someone, the seed of the woman, who's going to reverse all of this and turn it around. Then God told Abraham, through your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Then called David, told David, the descendant, by the way, of Ruth and Boaz, one of your seed will sit upon the throne of Israel forever. Who is this seed? It's Jesus Christ. Who is going to make their house great? Well, David, was, was aside from Christ, was the, the greatest king Israel ever had. Solomon was a great king. But all of these kings and, and that would make their house great were, would pale in comparison to the seed, Jesus Christ, who would be born from their line and their house. Talk about blessing from God. God gives promises. Him that honors me, him will I honor. Uh, the scripture is full of promises. Some of them are unconditional promises. I love this one. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that great? That's a promise of God. But there are conditional promises. Be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And... Here's the consequence. The peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's a conditional promise. If you want peace, you've got to come aside and spend time in prayer and thanksgiving before God. The prayer and thanksgiving are the condition for the peace. Here's another one. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. It's a conditional promise. Jesus tells them, you're worried about food and you're worried about clothes. Hey, God clothes the lilies with a beautiful splendor. Uh, he feeds the birds. He'll feed you. Uh, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's a condition. 
and all these things shall be added unto you as well. Conditional promise. So uh, what happens when you honor God is you begin to fill the conditions for the promises. Isn't that neat? And as you honor God, as you treat him as valuable and important, and, and you respect him, and you set aside time for him, and you worship him, what happens is you begin to fulfill the conditions for so many promises in God's word, and God's blessing just comes to your life as a result. That's what happened. Uh, Ruth and Boaz and Naomi all, in some way, demonstrated the character of Christ, didn't they? They laid their lives down for the sake of somebody else and became a picture of our great Savior. And God said, look, that kind of heart, that kind of life, that kind of selflessness, that kind of faith to, to, to step out and say, I'm going to go for this and do what is not necessarily easy for me, but what will benefit others and what will glorify God. I'm going to step out and do this. God says, I'm going to reward that. And I'm going to fulfill my promises through these people in a way that will bring glory uh, to God. And so, God gives promises to those who honor Him. Some great reasons. Blessings of honoring God. Why should we honor Him? Because He gives fruitfulness, He gives strength, He gives reputation, and He gives promises. What a great God we serve. Ultimately, the greatest blessings are yet to come. In this life, we'll have trouble. Uh, sometimes there may be persecution. But as we honor God, God honors us. I, the, the book of Hebrews in chapter 11 gives instance after instance of people who trusted God and honored God in their lives. But at the end of the chapter, he goes in and he says, and some of them, we're beaten, we're sawed in two, we're homeless, we're going out in caves and rocks and holes in the ground, uh, of whom this world was not worthy, so that they could find a greater inheritance. What is he saying? They honored God, God's going to honor them. Can I tell you the best honoring is not in this life? The best honoring is yet to come. And as you honor God, yes, there'll be some blessings in your life. There'll be promises and so forth in your life that will come about. But the greatest honor will come later. And we'll be rewarded. And we'll get to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that, to me, is the greatest, the greatest words we could ever hear. And then we'll receive those rewards and... And I'm so glad I'm going to receive rewards, and I'll tell you why. Because I want to have as much as possible to cast at the feet of my Savior, because he's the one who's truly worthy. Honor God, and he will honor you. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that our Savior didn't look out to his own interests, but he followed you in obedience. He laid his life down for the sake of others. And because of him, we have all inherited salvation. And Lord, we join you in declaring his name to be above every other name. And Lord, I thank you for that day when every knee is going to bow.
through our great Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to live our lives like him. Help us to lay our lives down for the sake of others. And in so doing.